Welcome to the Women Shifting Gears podcast, where we talk to some of the most dynamic, inspiring, and powerful women who are changing the narrative of what it means to be female in the automotive space. I'm your host, Amanda Busick. They say it might not be easy, but it will be worth it. To all the women out there sitting in the left seat, grab your road snacks. Let's go for a ride. And welcome again to this week's Women Shifting Gears podcast. I have to start in the same way that I started last week. Thank you to each and every one of you that are, is along with us in this journey. We were forwarded some of the reviews from Apple Podcasts, and wow, uh, we are all just uh, blown away by the love and support. It is so nice to see that you guys are enjoying this content as much as we are enjoying producing it and putting it together for everyone. So thank you again. This week, Shay Holsher stops by to join us. Shay is the CEO and owner of Purvey Products. Purvey Products blends the highest performing clean ingredients, creating salon quality hair care products that are both natural and good for the planet. Shay leads her company with passion and the drive to do good. And Purvey donates 1% of all sales to Project Beauty Share, a nonprofit organization helping women in need. Well, motorsports have always been a part of Shay's story since she was a child. As you'll find out in this podcast, Shay grew up in a racing family watching trackside as her father raced in carts. Shay lives her life at full throttle, and her mantra is do what you love, work with great people, and make a difference in the world. All right, guys, hope you enjoy. If you think you can, you will. If you think you can't, you won't. Please welcome in this week's guest, Shay Holsher. And Shay, I saw that in a video, uh, that quote. How has that quote driven you? Wow. Um, That's really been um, my guiding, I want to call it my true north in life. And and always thinking big, dreaming big, um, having lots of grit and pushing through things and leaning in. And, you know, I always have believed that, you know, we can do anything if we put our mind to it. And it, it certainly has been um, a great guiding light for me in my life on so many different levels. Well, now as a CEO of Purvey Hair Products, I do want to go back to the beginning all the way. Uh, I know in terms of your racing career, it started very young for you and you shared it with someone that I'm sure was very special to you. Uh, talk about your introduction into racing and race cars alongside your dad. I grew up in a in a just a crazy motorsports family. They all my whole family loved cars and loved motorsports. And I was a little little girl, probably six years six to thirteen years old, at karting tracks with my dad, and he raced go karts. And I was really really little, and I was you know at his playground hanging out with my other <laughs> friends and riding our scooters and you know having fun and watching our 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 parents drive, but that's where it all started. And it really got the bug. So it really is interesting how it does impact one. And when you're exposed to that at a young age, um, it just always is there. When's the first time you were in the seat? I was in, the first time I was in the seat was when I was in actually college. And I'll never forget this. My dad um, had bought a barracuda and he gutted it and he we raced in the local demolition derby never ever had i been behind the wheel or dri- you know driven like that and i raced in powder puff and he of course was in the traditional men's race i don't remember what the what the category class was but i remember thinking 
oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And I had no clue about, you know, the dynamics of, you know, weight transfer, anything when it came to high performance <laughs> driving, nothing. I just got in and went for it. I think I had a helmet and I don't even think there was a five point harness in the car. Just crazy when I think about it. So, as in demolition derby, as in the, where you wreck the cars purposely? Well, you literally, you literally bang into cars. So like if you... <laughs> If you think about it, as a kid or even adult that goes to, you know, those little fun parks, you know, you bump, bumper cars. It's basically bumper cars on steroids in a real car. That's what it this is. is. This is fantastic. So that was your first experience in racing. Pretty much. And and it's so funny because all through all through college and then I start my career. And of course, I buy my first my first car that was, you know, truly a, a higher quality car. And, and, um, I'll never forget when I first got my first Audi, my dad used to beg me to come to the track and get involved in high performance driving. And he used to say, excuse my language, Jesus Christ, Shay, it's only brakes and tires. So I'm thinking there's no freaking way that I'm going to take my beautiful new brand new car to the racetrack and trash the brakes and the tires and go through a clutch. Huh. Fast forward is not funny. <laughs> It's exactly what you're doing. So back to uh, the community when you were a kid, what did you notice about that at the racetrack? Oh my gosh. It, it, it is it t- exactly what you said. It's a community. It's like-minded people that come together, that share their passions and the people that were racing. And then of course, you know, the, all the, the, the kids so there was a, a friendship that was created and all of our buddies that we would go to the track and hang out and play while our parents raced. And this is so fun, Amanda. This is this goes to show you what a tiny world this is. Um, there's a iconic uh, race car driver who used to race in Indy. His name is Dominic Dobson. And he is somebody that raced when I was a little kid with my dad when he was just like a 13-year-old. Well, he's from actually locally from my area and it's just, it's a hoot. So it, as you know, a lot of very, you know, successful race car drivers come from karting. It's a great way to learn. When you started uh, driving, did you have a need for speed? Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Always loved, always loved the need for speed. And I always was that kid that loved super, super, super scary rides. Like I can't go around enough or I can't go upside down enough or I can't go, um, I can't go fast enough. And I know that when I first started, when I first was bitten by the the need for speed and learning how to drive and that just that exhilaration, I remember telling my friends, you know what, take a scary ride and put on steroids by a hundred. And that's what it feels like to drive a car at speed on the racetrack. Well, I want to go back to, uh, so around the same time that you uh, made your demolition derby, you're also kicking off um, a career that would lead to where you are now. Talk about your early 20s in your industry and uh, what you learned about yourself during that time. You know, it's really interesting because you would think I, I mean, I have had a blessed career and I started right out of college, um, selling door-to-door um, beauty products. So I'm in the professional beauty space. And I share this piece with you because you'd think the beauty industry is going to be heavily, you know, you'd say the majority of people that are working, you know, on the ground floor as a stylist are females, right? 
But really, like motorsports and like so many industries, I mean, we live in a, in a man's world and all of the top level executives and people in my industry, which is so surprising to so many women are men. And there's only a handful of women in my industry today that have high level positions, if it's a CEO or if it's a vice president of sales and, and having had lots of vice president sales roles and big companies that I worked in my past life with Unilever and Wella and you know the, the big companies, they're, they're not, they weren't women. So I always aspired to be equal and always aspired to lean in and just do the best I can and, and make sure my voice is heard. And it's just those early lessons early on in life and said, you know what? I, I have a huge desire to have a leadership role in a company where I can work and, and influence and collaborate with, with other women. How frustrating was it for you to see men making de- the decision on women self-care hair products? Insane. Insane. Uh, it's frustrating, but you know, like anything in life, you just take the high road, you be your true self, you know, you speak your voice, you don't let anyone push you around and you're authentic. And that was that's always been my motto. And just doing not doing something because somebody's watching, but doing the right thing which has always been so important to me and not keeping score. It's not about that. Just doing the right thing. I love on your website, it says personal style and authenticity will win over any trend, any time. How is that a core message at Prevay? That is huge. Um, one, of the, one of the things that was really important to me was building a brand that speaks to everyday normal women and men that just want to use great products. And it's not about, it's, it's not about being a, you know, a supermodel or being on the runway, or it's, it's really about speaking to just a normal person that wants to use great products. And, and as I always say to anybody that I chat with about Purvey, um, we're never going to be the, the high powered fashion brand that's doing um, events in Paris and, you know, some of the, the big, big places because it's just not, not our style. You guys kicked off this effort in February of 2019, if I have uh, my date mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, what led, uh, tell us the background of, of how Purvey, how did it start? Well, it's really an incredible story. So there's a couple of things. I love that you're asking me this question. So it started Basically, there was a there was a group of like-minded professionals like me that joined in collaboration, joined in partnership to buy the ass basically the assets to Purvey. Purvey at one time was a brand that had its run in the 90s, and we bought the brand and I repositioned, retooled, rebirthed it, gave it a new face, a new message, and and really created a brand that is is all about all of the the dreams and hopes I'd ever had as 35 years in the industry looking for a brand that would speak to um that that consumer that's looking for just high quality clean beautiful products that are you know good for you good for your body and good for the planet and not and one of our taglines as you've seen is you know everything you want and everything you don't want so just making it simple minimalistic easy and just products that do that work 
what they're, you know, do what they, what they're supposed to do. And, and they're amazing. And give you a little bit more background. I was a silent partner in the brand with other partners. And I was, I was at the time a CEO and, and had turned around a brand in the industry. And I got the bug. I got the bug. I got the entrepreneurial bug. And I never thought, Amanda, in all of these, all of, all of these years of my career, I'd always worked for large companies and all the infrastructure and all the systems, but I got the bug of being an entrepreneur. And I, and the company that I was, I was basically working for a private equity group in New York. And I decided that I'm ready. I'm done. I'm done with working with these people. I want my own brand, my own thing. I don't want to report to anybody. So um, I bought out several of the partners within um, the ownership group of Purvey, hence why the ownership now, and of course, being the leader. I mean, that's what you have to do. And I'm having a blast. How did you know you were ready for that leap? I knew when um, I had, I had, I was given this opportunity before Purvey, and I turned around a bleeding company that was not cash flow positive, which is bleeding. And the private equity people came to me and said, you know, we hear great things about you and we love your your history and we've seen what you've done with other brands. I jumped in with all fours and created and rebirthed and made a, a very valuable brand. And when they, after we started becoming cash flow positive and things were, you know, going in the right direction, they started to needle. And I said, you know what, you know, you, you haven't wanted to be a part of it net until now we're, we're doing well. So I decided that it was just, I could tell it was just time. It was like, I, I had, I had, you know, cut my teeth on everything. I was drinking out of the fire hose, learning how to be a CEO and make sure we had enough money to pay um, people on the payroll and working in supply chain, all the different parts and pieces of what it takes to build a healthy company brand. I was ready. And it was just, it was, it was like, like everything that I found in my life where I, I use this a lot, it's like the Forrest Gump, like you don't know, you know, in the movie, he always said, mom always said that, you know, life was like a box of chocolates. You don't know what's in the box of chocolates. And I feel like that was my training ground in my past life with the brand that I was, that I rebirthed and relaunched before Purvey. And I'm like, you know what? Now I'm ready. I'm ready to go full tilt, full throttle. I'm in, all, all in. Well, you are now that female executive making decisions that directly uh, affect your customers, some of those being women. How good does that feel? Oh, it's just, it's, it's so rewarding. And I, and I love, and I, I treasure, and I love the fact that I have the, the gift um, to be a female, to work with other women and to have a, have a complete female team and speak to women. It's just a lot of, it's just a lot of fun. On the business website, it says you guys thrive on authenticity and transparency. How do you feel that connects you to your customer? You know, I think we're living in a in in a time right now where our customers have access to absolutely everything. You can't hide anymore. And I when I think about all of the great companies I have worked with and led, there were there were so many things that were hidden when it came to the ingredient listing. Because, you know, one thing about um, doing business in the good old USFA, which we're all blessed to be here, but it's really easy. Anybody can sell anything. And is believe it or not, the beauty industry, unlike, say, like the FDA or the medical industry, is not really regulated. So that means you basically sell anything and put anything on your label. 
and call it good. It's crazy. It's so Very. easy to do business here. Whereas if you go to the EU or you go to Asia or you go to India or you go to China, it's really hard. So that authenticity thing is so important to me because we're not hiding anything. Here's what we have. Here's what's in our products. Here's what we don't have. Here's why we have this. And, and I just think the best way to be is just to be so open, be authentic. Because you know what? The customer is so savvy. I mean, we have access to, you can, you can search anything on ingredients. So why hide anything? Just be transparent, be open. And um, that has really worked for Purvey. Wow. So two years into the journey, uh, what are the next two years at Purvey look like for you? Well, we're just getting going. Um, there's no doubt COVID definitely slowed things down. I think that last year was the greatest gift because there were so many learnings and it was so empowering because we have completely we have completely been reset in the beauty industry. I mean, it was like the uh, ac- apocalyptic reset button. And I'm grateful because when we launched Purvey, it was already a 21st century brand with our go-to-market strategy was selling online or selling directly to the consumer or selling directly to the salon. So we were poised. Um, definitely things slowed down a little, but we are just on the brink right now. And I see the momentum and I see all the great things that are happening for the brand. And, you know, once the, the world kind of reopens, that's going to be a, a huge catalyst as well. But I see great things, huge things. That's awesome. And of course, we uh, here at the Women Shifting Gears community definitely wish you all the well. We know uh, the strength of your products and the, and the truth and the authenticity behind those. We take a quick pause here on the Women Shifting Gears podcast to hear from one of our sponsors, Crash Jewelry. Hi, I'm Christy Shimke, founder and designer at Crash Jewelry. We create sustainable unisex jewelry from discarded sheet metal that we source from late model, luxury, and exotic cars. As a woman in the automotive industry, I'm thrilled to be part of the Shifting Gears family. Women supporting other women allows us all to thrive in this male-dominated community. We're also proud to offer a 15% discount to all Shifting Gears members. Just use the code GSC15 at checkout. Uh, I want to go back to, uh, so 20 years old, uh, racing powder puff of a demolition in a barracuda. What was the next step in racing? Well, the next step well, I had a bit of a dry period because I always um, aspired. One of my one of my goals was to to buy a Porsche. I always knew that I wanted to buy a Porsche, specifically a 911, because that's what I grew up with, and knew that that day would come at some point, and it did. And that's when my whole life changed getting getting my first 911 and experiencing that car on you know at a high high performance level so taking it to a um kind of I call it the the I call it the entrance to high performance driving there's a local event that our Porsche club does called driver skills so it's it's done in a super super safe environment and there's a the instructor in the car and there's there's the skid pad and there's the oval eight and there's the autocross and there's the the slalom and literally Amanda it started I started once it was like it was like the it was literally like I will never forget driving home in my Porsche of course calling my dad saying please tell him please say you know he kept he kept begging me to come to the track because interestingly enough 
again, there's interesting how, you know, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. He, he's kind of, he did what I'm doing now in the community. So was an instructor for many years, the Porsche club took his car with his buddies to, to Europe before nine 11 and was drove all the cool race tracks in wow. Europe and raced. And once I, once I had experienced that beginning level to driving in the car, I was like, wow. And of course, next then came, um, taking it to, I call it the, the, the big girls track, which is the real race track and experiencing that exhilaration. And then, I mean, that led to um, wanting to be the best driver I could be. So then, of course, then it was got my my race license, went through the SCCA program locally where I live in the Northwest and raced a little bit in the, the local. I think I shared this with you. I raced E30. So that was a, a true race car, got my license, raced and went through that whole process. And after that, I I was invited and asked to be the um, with with all of my enthusiasm to be the DE chair for the local Porsche Club here locally. So I ran and put on all of our track days, and it was a big deal because, of course, I was female and I was the only at the time the only female coming to the racetrack. So had big aspirations to get women involved in the sport. It's incredible how things just progressed. And as, as I became a great driver and then I became a part of the national Porsche club or Porsche, the PCA instructor. So again, all those things make you a better driver when you're coaching and you're teaching, you're leading makes you a better driver. I mean, it's just, it's just all of the, the piece, parses and the pieces that pieces that, that were a part of my journey and becoming a driver were that were kind of like, I'd say the first journey of my driving career. And then of course, the race car and the race car just took everything to the next 90 levels on steroids in being in a role that uh, you can give the gift of racing uh, to other people. And as you said, bringing women into the sport, what is it like seeing the racing bite them? You know, it's exactly like the feeling and the rush that I get from being um, a leader, a manager is when you see people excel and you see people come into their to their, their best self. And it's exactly the same feel and the same rewards I get from that leadership role in any company that I've worked with to see somebody grow, but to see the lights come on and see somebody get excited. And I, I've seen in all the women's events that I've done, there's nothing that's more rewards to see the, the celebrations, the high fives, the hooping and hollering, and the, the, even the tears. Like I never thought I could do this. And I'm just like, Anybody can do this. And it's just so rewarding. It's, it, it drives me, literally drives me. What has racing taught you about yourself? You know, racing has taught me a lot of things. Racing has, has really been a big part of my, my confidence. And being able to go out there and be in a, in a race car, you put your helmet on. Nobody can tell you if you're male or female. And it gives you an incredible sense of confidence. And there's nothing that I love more is when we're at the thermal club and my husband and I share the race car. We have basically twin street cars that we play in that are the street cars, which are incredible too. But we share the race car and we share the car and we have exactly the same helmets. We have the same race suits. It's really hard to tell who's in that car. And I love it when I come in, you know, in the paddock and I'm out there and somebody says, whoa, that was a female driving that car. She's badass. I'm like, yes. 
Love that. Fun. So between you and your husband, uh, do you guys compete on lap times? You know, in the race car, he's all, he's always, he, dirty dog is always usually <laughs> one to three seconds faster than me. He's, he's been driving a lot longer than I have. So, and, and you know, what's nice is we don't really compete, but he sets the bar, which is super fun, but I'm faster than a lot of other people that I'm driving with, which is fun. So we, um, we get to do that. But on the other hand, when we're out playing together in the same cars, we're usually very matched and it's super fun. (laughs) Uh, How, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's also rewarding to share this with your partner. Oh, I, I'm so blessed. I'm living my best life. I mean, we're so lucky to share this passion. Oh, by the way, we, we met at the racetrack. So probably doesn't surprise you. So um, we're just, we're just, we're having the time of our lives and being able to, this is our absolute joy is driving, um, racing cars. We're, we're fanatical. Well, oh, by the way, I want that story. How did you guys meet at a racetrack? Well, um, I (laughs) met him at my second driver skills, um, event, which was the the beginning to high performance driving. And this was back in 2010. And I saw this gorgeous drop dead black GT3, which is a 911 Porsche. And um, I've never seen a black GT3. And I kept saying, oh my gosh, whose car is that? I want to meet this person. He was there. He was there instructing and he had kind of gone away from driving and racing. And he was quite a local avid. He was, he was the top contender in the, in, in where we live here locally. And he was racing, but he'd kind of, as I see people come and go in the racing world, I've seen it a lot as I've seen people come and go. And that day he decided to come back and, and coach for the Porsche club, which he also is an instructor. And I have to say it was, it was love at first sight when he, when he came around as, as the instructors are in the same run group with the same group of cars. And I was, and I was actually volunteering that day I just wanted to be around the people in the cars and I was had my little walkie talkie and I was managing the advanced slalom as the station director. Kurt showed up and he came and, and they said it's his car. And, and literally Amanda, the rest is history. The, so racing also gave you love, but I giggled there. Cause as you were describing this drop dead, gorgeous, I thought you were going to say man or instructor. And you said, you said the Porsche. So I thought that <laughs> And I was waiting so, for the person, but it was the car. And we 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 laughed because it's like it's a joke. The, the car that got the girl, and sadly, we sold that car um, last year. And I have to say that that was hard. It was even at our wedding. We even had it in our wedding, so it's pretty funny. It's <laughs> fantastic. Well, tell we, us about the baby now. Tell us about the racing car that you guys have now. Wow. So um, this is so fun. We um, we were at, um, it's called Ren Sport Reunion, which I highly recommend you should go to. It's for Porsche fanatics, which we are. And I have always dreamt of having a, a factory race car, a 911 factory race car from Porsche. And I wanted a brand new one. I didn't want one that had been burnt down and crashed and redone. And we were at Rensport Reunion in Laguna Seca back in 2018. And Porsche had just launched this, this very special car. And literally, I saw it and I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it, it was great because at the time, you could we could purchase that car from Porsche and we didn't have to commit to racing. And the thing that's so cool 
Amanda, and this is what I love about Porsche is if you buy a GT3 Cup car, like you've seen, you saw this last weekend, you buy that car, you have to sign up to race in their series. And Porsche created this very special car with Monte Racing to sell to diehard people like me and Kurt who love driving and are good drivers on the track, but didn't necessarily want to go out and race it right away. So long story made short, bought the car. And I'm laughing because, you know, we're, we're, we're those people. We're not prima donnas. We go to the track. We don't need a crew. We can check our own tire pressure, all that stuff. We said, oh, we got this. We got this. We do this all the time. Well, a race car is not a street car. Thinking we just buy the car. You know, we take it to the DE days and drive it. So obviously that wasn't the case. You need a, a, a race team to manage it for safety. So just like just like in any 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 race car comes with a team team brings the car in they're there for safety you're you know plugged in you've got the earpieces for safety and that car has taken me to such a different level on on so many levels from my my driving career to to racing every every race car needs a sponsor and of course why not i own a company why wouldn't i put my name on my race car and i think the other thing is every race car needs a sponsor, in my humble opinion, that, that supports social justice. So that came the nonprofit that is near and dear to my heart that I give 1% back to at Purvey. So every dime that my company makes, they get 1% of it back in product to help support women in need. And so we put the, so I put the, the of course, the Project Beauty Share logo on my car. And then, and then the next step was I was get, I was we we're taking delivery of the car, and the 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 director at Project Beauty Center said, "Hey Shay, and by the way, we name I name all my cars. This car's name is Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> just for the record. And she's a girl, of course. And she was like, Shay, would you want to be a part of our annual fundraiser for for Project Beauty Share? And it's called En Blanc." And it's this incredible outdoor all white party and they raise money because it's a nonprofit and that's where they get the majority of their money for the year. And she goes, would you be willing to give a ride to somebody in your race car? I said, heck yes, that's a great idea. So then this Amanda probably was the, the most memorable, proudest day of my life. I can say it. And it was, it was interesting because I was so humbled to be at this event and be on stage with an auctioneer, tell people my story about the car and what a dream it was to have the car and a dream that I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm, I'm living such a great life. I have this toy and what, a, what a great way to give back and to, to make, to, to do good. And that's one of my core pillars at Purvey is, you know, business for the force of good, which is what I believe in. But to have this, this hobby, this, this passion, and, the, and it's an incredibly expensive hobby. And I raised $20,000. Wow. And that, that the person who spent the money came to the thermal club, the bidders that won, they rode in the car with me and it was just, it, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. So that for me it is, is so meaningful. And I think that the thing that has, has been, a gift to me is I had no idea my deep rooted 
passion and how I feel about being able to share my blessings with anybody. I, I had no idea this existed. I, I didn't know that when I bought the race car, this was going to happen. I had no idea that I would connect the dots with my, my career and then my passion. I mean, it just, it just all came together and it, it was the box of chocolates phenomenon. You know, I had no idea. How do you feel that with that, then how do you feel that racing has helped you as a CEO and, and vice versa? How has being a business leader helped you as a race car driver? Oh, wow. They're, they're very similar. I mean, it's, it's really about working with a team and a team of people because you can't just go out and start the car and, and go out and drive a race. You really do need the collaboration, the support from the team behind you between getting the car ready and safe and then the communication piece of what's going out in, out in the field, if you will. And it really is all in one. I mean, you just you can't do it on your own. It is a collaboration for sure. Well, it has been a treat to share in uh, this lab with you. I'm sure I know you're busy. <laughs> I know we were able to fit this conversation to get in here today. So uh, it is time for the hot lap. So uh, uh, put your seatbelt on and uh, we'll uh, throw some rapid fire questions at you. First things first, you're sitting in the left seat. Who's in the right seat with you? My husband. Where are you guys headed? Thermal. What's your road snack? Peanuts. What songs on the radio? Oh, any get down jamming song like by Usher. I love my R&B jams. <laughs> You're an Usher fan? Oh, I love Usher. I just did the or Usher, Usher? workout. Yeah, so good. So good. That's fantastic. All right. I wasn't expecting that. And uh, the name of this car that you're driving? This car, Sabine. And tell it, uh, Sabine? Sabine Schmitz. Um, one of my absolute role models. And I'm so sad, Amanda, she just passed away. Um, but she's, she's, they call her the queen of the Nürburgring. And, and that was one of my goals. And I'm sad that that didn't happen. But I been, t that was one of the things I wanted to do is go to the Nürburgring and be coached by her around the track. Wow. I actually want to hear more about that. What are some of your driving aspirations? Oh, wow. Well, I definitely, um, definitely want to go and drive um, spa in Belgium. I'd like to go to Nürburgring, to the Nürburgring as well. Uh, I want to drive a couple tracks that a couple tracks that I have not driven in our country being Road America. I, I want to go to the iconic Sebring. I've not driven that. I've not driven Watkins Glen. I want to drive some of the really iconic tracks. I've been lucky to drive most of the California tracks and um, Road Atlanta is awesome. Coda is awesome. But I would say Sebring, VIR, Road America, and probably Watkins Glen would be the ones that I want to, to drive soon. Well, based on your drive, I have a feeling that that uh, is probably in your near future. Yes, that's the goal. Well, before I let you go, I do want to break up a quote that is uh, meaningful to you. It says, do what you love, work with great people, and make a difference. Uh, so we, as we go back to the beginning of that, do what you love. What is that for you? Having fun, having fun, having fun to me is, is again, one of my driving forces in life, having fun. If I'm having fun, I don't want to do it. Work with great people. Who are those people? Oh, great, smart, curious people that are not afraid to lean in and ask questions and collaborate. And to make a difference, how does that enhance 
your life? Oh, so meaningful. So meaningful. Um, how has it enhanced my life? You know, it's made me a lot more empathetic. I, I will never forget how I felt when I went to visit a couple of the shelters with Project Beauty Share and I saw women like you and I, things can happen, stuff happens, things, things escalate, domino effect. And I remember thinking, I will, I will never judge and I'm always going to be open and be empathetic. And I think that's been so powerful in my learnings and my, my lens and looking at everything in life. One of the quotes that I've come across recently that I just absolutely adore is uh, high tides raise all ships and or high tides rise all ships. And you were recently featured uh, on the Shifting Gears virtual. Uh, When you look at the community of women that's built around uh, the Shifting Gears community, how have they helped rise your ship? I love the diversity of all the different women in that group. And I love the the energy and the openness. And I just, I feel like it really has, again, allowed me to be more open and, and more engaging and more curious. That, that group of women is life-changing. I love it. Well, I know we've been teasing the Music City Grand Prix and our virtuals and online. Are we going to see you make an appearance there? Yes, I'm all in. I'm in. <laughs> I just can't wait oh, for right. us to all get in person together. I know. That's what I can't wait to. And I, I can't wait to hug you and I all know. the great things that we haven't been able to do. That's like the, the biggest thing is that's, I can't wait. It's going to be wonderful. I know. I feel like I know you and we've never met in person. It's almost like Cindy and Teresa. Isn't it amazing? So crazy. <laughs> I know. It is crazy. Well, thank you, Shay. We sincerely appreciate your time today. This was so much fun. It was all my pleasure. Thank you, Amanda. The Women Shifting Gears podcast is produced by GS Events, a female-owned collective with a mission to amplify women's voices across the automotive culture. Follow along on our journey on Instagram and Twitter at the handle Women Shifting Gears or on the web at gsevents.live. 